morning. There's been a little bit of confusion this morning already, um, or maybe the confusion was just on my part before this morning, because my understanding was that the kids were going to go first, and I was going to follow them up and take us to noon. Um, so my understanding was kids would be here, one, and two, that I needed to, to keep it short and keep it simple. So I'm going to keep it short and keep it simple because that's what I prepared to do. And I told, they said, if you can try to be done by noon, they're over there practicing now. Again, one, one last run through. And so they said, if I could be done by noon, they would be here at noon to, to do their thing. And I said, I'm not going to take that long. So um, they said, well, if you get done before 10 till, sing some songs till we get here. That is plan. <clears throat> we are in Luke chapter 2 this morning. You know Luke chapter 2. You'll remember that in the first several verses, the decree went out by Caesar Augustus and everybody was sent to register in the, the ancestral town from which they had descended. So Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem where, where Joseph's ancestor David had lived and Jesus was born there. So, we're going to pick up in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the babe, lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So, verse 8, we have a very peaceful scene. Um, shepherds out on a quiet night, presumably a quiet night, um, watching their flocks. Then suddenly, there's an unexpected and very intensely bright person just appears before them. And they are very, very frightened. Why are they frightened? I mean, other than the fact that somebody who's glowing just appeared out of nowhere in front of them. But if we assume that they knew that it was an angel, or at least that they figured out that it was probably an angel, they had good reason to fear. If you think about it, you look at the Old Testament, you never knew when an angel showed up what was coming. You didn't know if it was good news or bad news. Like Samson's parents when the angel showed up, they got good news. Showed up to Samson's mother, who wasn't a mother yet, and said, you used to be barren, but now you are
going to have a son. Good news. So it could be bad news. Like when Balaam was riding his donkey and an angel was there, Balaam didn't see the angel initially, but the donkey did, and the donkey turned away. And Balaam got unhappy about it and tried again, and again the donkey turned away. And the third time, the angel showed himself to Balaam after Balaam beat the donkey. And Balaam was quite surprised to see an angel standing in front of him. And the angel told him, if your donkey wasn't smarter than you, you'd be dead right now because I'd have killed you. That's not good news to find out suddenly from an angel that you're dumber than a donkey. It could be really, really bad news when an angel showed up. You didn't know. Like when David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, having in his hand a sword drawn, stretched out over Jerusalem. The angel had already slain a number of Israelites, and now he was standing with his sword drawn over Jerusalem when David saw the angel. There are plenty of times in the Old Testament when a single angel wiped out a lot of human beings. So when an angel suddenly appears to you, you don't know, is this good news? Is this bad news? Death was a very, very real possibility when an angel showed up. Even Samson's parents were nervous about that. Imagine the shepherd's relief when the angel standing there in front of them spoke up and said, fear not, bring you good news. There's a load off my mind. Uh, I'm bringing good news of great joy. And not just for you. This is good news for everybody. The whole world. All people. Not just one nation even. But all people. Now, what is this good news? Verse 11. The angel announces the birth of a Savior. The prophesied Messiah. That they've been looking for for ages and ages. Been promised throughout the Old Testament. And now the angel says... There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, the Lord, the Messiah. Now, did they ever understand everything that this Savior meant? Did they understand that he would save people from the penalty of sin? Did they know that he would save, give people the ability to, to have victory over the power of sin in their lives? Did they understand that this Savior was eventually going to going to kick sin out entirely and free us from the presence of sin? Probably not. They probably didn't understand all of that, but they knew that the promised Messiah was a good thing. Probably didn't realize that the Messiah was going to bring eternal life. They were told that 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 process was going to start this very day. Unto you is born this day, today, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The angel went on to give them a sign of how they would know who this guy was. Which baby are we talking about? He says, this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a feed trough. That's an odd sign, but signs are generally odd because if it was just, you know, well, um, it's a kid with brown hair, lots of kids with brown hair. Not a lot of kids born and lying swaddling clothes in a feed trough in Bethlehem. So if that comes true, that there's actually, if we go to Bethlehem and we find a kid actually lying in 
swaddling clothes in a feed trough, pretty good sign that we found the right place and that the angel was telling us the truth. So, verses 13 and 14, suddenly a whole host of other angels appeared, the praising God and announcing peace to humans. Now, that doesn't sound like a death sentence at all, right? Getting better and better. No death sentence. God is promising peace. The angels went back to heaven, and the shepherds looked at each other and said, go check it out. We got a sign. He told us what to look for. Let's go look. See if he's telling us the truth. If the Messiah is here, I want to see him. So they take off. And they, they had been told that they would find the baby in the city of David. Well, they knew where David had grown up. Interestingly, they didn't head to Jerusalem. They headed to Bethlehem. They'd been told that they would find the baby there. So they heard there, and when they found the baby, they knew they'd found the right place. Verses 17 and 18, after they saw him, they told everybody they met about him. They told everybody they met what they had heard and seen from the angels. And everybody marveled. Mary quietly pondered these things in her heart. But the shepherds, on the other hand, loudly proclaimed it everywhere they went. They praised and glorified God for what they had heard and what they had seen as a result of what they'd heard. That gives the story of the coming of the Lord Jesus from the perspective of the shepherds. Saw an angel, they were terrified. Angel said, no, don't be afraid. It's good news. Let's look at the story from a different perspective. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 is not a story from the perspective of the shepherds. It's the same story in some respects, but it's from the perspective of God the Father and God the Son. Starting in verse 6. One testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. So it says, God has taken someone and made him a little lower than the angels and put everything under his power, but we don't see that yet. Talking about man, mankind, perhaps, we look around and we don't see that everything is under, under our control for certain. But we see Jesus, verse 9 who was made a little lower than the angels. That doesn't mean that he was created a little lower than the angels because he's not created. We looked in the first service this morning about um, that Jesus was, was with God in the beginning. All things were created by him. Was higher than the angels. Then he was made a human. He became a human, which made him a little lower than the angels as a human being. Why? was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. That's odd. It hardly sounds like good news, right? That he would start out so far above the angels that they barely matter, and then be put lower than the angels, and then be put to death, crowned with glory and honor, in order that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Ah, so his death is not bad news for himself. It's good news for all mankind. That the Savior who came into the world came in order to die for mankind. Why? For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, 
and bringing many sons to glory to make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call call them brethren. That's some good news for us, and good news for him, this respect. The shepherds didn't know that this baby was going to make brothers of the Son of God, make us brothers of the Son of God, God's children. He calls them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Tells you something about the incarnation. Inasmuch as the children, us, inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He came from heaven, became a human being, took on flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. We started out there, by the way, with fear of death, the bondage that that puts us in, because we, we know we're sinners. That's what makes us afraid of death, is the fact that we know there's judgment on the other side. And we're afraid of what's going to happen when we die. Took on flesh and blood so that death could be destroyed, the devil could be destroyed, and we would not have to fear death anymore. 17 says, therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make satisfaction for the sins of the people. He came in order that we might go to heaven, that we might be children of God, that we might be his brothers and sisters. Angel said peace. Angels said peace was coming. The good news that the angel brought was that the baby who was born would bring peace between God and mankind. He took our sin on himself. We talked about that also in the first service. He took our sin on himself and then died the death that we deserved. We deserved death and hell. Jesus took our sin on himself, suffered and died in our place. So from our perspective, it's all joy and peace. From his perspective, it was a lot of suffering and death. But he was willing to go through it because it made it, it that made it possible for us to go to glory as God's children and as his brethren. You're here this morning and you have not yet become a child of God. You have not yet put your trust in the Lord Jesus as that Savior. Today's a good day. For those of us who are already children of God, who have already put our trust in him and what he has done on our behalf, may we be like those shepherds spread the good news. They met the Savior. When they found him, they went and told everybody they met, glorified God, spread the news. When I was growing up, I used to hear a story pretty much every year. My mother listened to Paul Harvey. How many of y'all familiar with Paul Harvey? All right. You know the story about the, the, uh, the man and the birds. Paul Harvey would read every Christmas. Now, the man to whom I'm going to introduce you was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, Mostly good man, generous to his family, and upright in his dealings with other men. But he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff that the churches proclaim at Christmas. It just didn't make sense, and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to the church this Christmas Eve. 
He said he'd feel like a hypocrite and that he'd much rather just stay at home, but that he would wait up for them. So he stayed and they went to the midnight service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier, and then he went back to his fireside chair and began to read the newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, and another, and then another, sort of a thump or a thud. At first, he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in a storm, and in a desperate search for shelter, they had tried to fly through his large landscape window. Well, he couldn't just let the poor creatures lie there and die, lie there and freeze, so he remembered the barn where his children stored their pony. That would provide a warm shelter if he could direct the birds to it. Quickly, he put on a coat and galoshes and tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light, but the birds did not come in. He figured food would entice them in, so he hurried back into the house, fetched breadcrumbs and sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted, wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction except into the warm, lighted barn. Then he realized they were afraid. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Because any move he made tended to frighten and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or shooed because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them and speak their language, then I could tell them not to be afraid. I could show them the way to the safe, warm, safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. Sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. There he stood, listening to the bells, feeling the glad tidings of Christmas, sank to his knees. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, he came, born a human. Bring your message clearly to us. End our fear of death. Bring us to you. Salvation that he provided, that he rose from the dead, waits for us in heaven. Welcome us, sisters.